1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners podcast. I'm Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening?
2: Uh, Doing good. Uh, Glad to be
1: back. (laughs) After We did miss you. Missed you, yes.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Matt was was cheating on us last week with um, (laughs) other podcasts.
2: (laughs) Technically, I took off because it was my wife's birthday, and we also had had family in town.
0: I know. Uh, we talked about I, this on the podcast. We I, we we were we were that truck that drove into that tunnel too low <laughs> clearance and got our fat asses stuck.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I'm happy that family. That we were we had like three weeks of visitors. Uh, we almost our entire January was people visiting us, which is nice because you know people come in to see the baby and help out. But it was also like, as I've probably expressed before, we live. We currently live in a 775-square-foot foot, foot apartment, which it, once you add, like, multiple people, it starts getting – you start going slowly crazy because everyone's on top of each other.
1: I was going to say, I would think you would start going slowly crazy just based off the <clears> fact, <throat> fact that just adding one more tiny human who doesn't even move around.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it was a lot. But I we appreciated people coming. Uh, but, yeah, it was my wife's birthday we took off. Uh, but I was able to be on – another podcast to kind of represent our show. And mm-hmm. uh, we, I was on the Fight Game podcast with yes, Gary Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. thought you did a very good job. I actually haven't listened to it yet. Um, I, hopefully I did. I he It's with Gary Gonzalez, who has done stuff with the Wrestling Observer. He's on. He's been on Wrestling Observer Live with Dave Meltzer plenty of times. He was really, really kind enough to have me on because he's actually just supportive of other people's content. Like, he... Mm-hmm. He told me when we were kind of trying, we were talking uh, kind of offline and trying to set something up. And he's like, I just, you know, I love kind of giving a platform to other content providers. So he, it was really nice. Like he was, uh, he had me on to talk hard times, NWA hard times, which we are going to mm-hmm. talk about tonight. Um, so it's really cool. He's a good guy. Um, friend of the show uh, now, apparently. Um, you know so, what? I'm good with that. Yeah, he. Uh, I think in the future, he he was open to me being on again, or probably any of us to come on. And uh, you something. know
1: what? Uh, I think we're at a point where all he's really got to do is ask.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So... Um... We'll get some of our our early shout-outs out of the way. The first one is Collar and Elbow, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code 4 Podcast. That's number 4, capital C and Corners, capital P and podcast. Save 10% on your order. And um, someone else that we are going to spend some time talking about in the near future. Isn't that right, Matt? That would be Epico
2: Cologne. Uh, Epico Cologne, uh, not really appearing in the WWE much these days or at all. But uh, <laughs> he's doing better elsewhere. So,
0: yeah. Well, I was trying to find the link so I could tell people what two episodes we are watching next week, but can't find it in our chat. So, uh, next week, we are finally going to do World Wrestling Council. Uh, there are two episodes we're going to review. One of them is going to have Epico vs. Eli Drake. I believe he goes by Orlando Cologne in um, Puerto Rico. Okay. So that one is from like the middle of September, I think. And then I picked, I think an episode that was like two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. a more recent episode. So we're going to get a little taste of it through two episodes.
1: Okay. And, uh, and not right next to each other. So it gives yeah. us a nice feeling of what dropping in would be like.
0: Yeah. I watch it from time to time. I typically think the work's pretty good. Uh, for that Uh company and I always like dipping into like even though I you know I can't understand anything it's always interesting to see like a different country's wrestling and being exposed to such a different like amount of talent at one time and just kind of like going in raw and like being introduced to all these different guys you've never seen before Mm -hmm. and getting to know them
1: yeah we're gonna get the the tape trader experience out of this one I think of of not speaking the language of what we're watching
0: yeah because i i i don't know how matt did it but i know when i was first delving into like new japan i would always like i think i started with the the two super j cups from 94 and 95 and i think the 96 j crown tournament and then i'd be like well i like that guy on that thing like let me go find another tape with him on there
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: turned out to be shinji otani <clears throat> so then i it just kind of like Went out there, and then I was like, oh, this 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 one has, this one G1 Climax tournament has Ric Flair in it, and he fights um, Keiji Muto and Masahiro Chono. Let me get those. And then you just kind of keep going and going, and then you get to know everyone.
1: You get down that rabbit hole real quick, don't you? Yes. All right. So we're looking forward to that. Finally there. You know what? We'll, we'll put it out on. Uh, we'll post it and see what happens. All right. So uh, this past weekend, a few things happened um
0: a lot of wrestling
1: yeah a lot of wrestling happened now we are the the primary content of the show is is we're going to talk about hard times but since this happened on the same weekend we're going to touch on some other stuff there was an NXT takeover there was some some um like some uh some sort of fight in the king's court or something like that i, I, I can't remember the name bunch of guys coming out one after the other or something um so uh, just just a little background with um, can, can we
0: can we talk about one quick little tidbit before we hit this weekend's wrestling? It's it's an announcement that's happening in Mania weekend that I am I am super stoked about, and is probably going to make me buy the entire collective. That is that is Black Label Pro Haku versus Filthy Tom.
2: Oh yeah, I oh. saw that.
0: That's oh, going to be a man.
2: fascinating match.
0: Yeah. Because one of the things I think we're gonna do, and I've been t- I've been warning Shad that that it's coming up. I think we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do Josh Barnett's Bloodsport on um, Mania Weekend. I think that's gonna be the show we review as a podcast mm-hmm. because I am I'm so hyped for Josh Barnett versus John Moxley.
1: I'm I'm fascinated by that. Um, like I'm not that familiar with what Josh Barnett had been doing post MMA. But I'm fascinated by the possibility.
0: He's a really good pro wrestler, actually.
1: Well, that's good to hear. And I always a- kind of liked him, you know, even in the MM- in the MMA world. That's so full of raging a holes that it's. I, I kind of liked Barnett.
0: And I know Shad's gonna groan at this one, but there's also a GCW that's gonna have Nick Gage versus Loki, which I'm kind of excited for.
1: So it's going to be Loki in a garbage match, I guess. It could be. That's just yeah. There's the groan for you. All right. There was some other match.
0: There was some other match that I thought was really intriguing from some show, but I don't remember what it is now.
1: Okay. I'm trying to look it up. Barnett Moxley is is the one I think that's gonna hold
2: interest mostly. And bl- oh you know there's one I'm actually excited for. What's that? <laughs> um effie's Big Gay Brunch, which oh, is out, yeah. I think that's Saturday. Um because he's he's getting all uh it's supposed to be like a, a very heavily obviously a heavily LGBTQ one. But he pulled out uh Razor Ramon hard gay <laughs> out of retirement to come to this one. It's just going to be, I feel like, a big collection of just really bizarre, fun stuff.
0: I, Brody King did that last year, I think, because he did it in drag or something.
2: I think this is the first time Effie's doing it.
0: Oh, no, they, this might be... I think this is propelling off a concept that happened last year, but I don't remember what it is.
2: <laughs> he's also having a... He's had, he has Cassandro appearing.
0: Yeah, they, Effie ate it. I, what I love about Mania Weekend is I love shows like that. Just these bizarre little shows that probably couldn't exist in like an actual promotion, but because they're tied to Mania Weekend, that someone like that can just be like, you know what? Like I'm just gonna do this crazy, like niche show that the way I want to do it.
2: Yeah, I, I've I've been to three Manias almost in a row over the last four years, and I'm, I'm out this year, but it's become it's kind of become where mania is it's a, such a huge thing it's like the super bowl but you almost don't care anymore that's what like, i was going
0: to say it's almost become an afterthought of mania weekend
2: yeah i mean the, the mania cards now are like so bloated that out of like a dozen matches they're going to throw at you maybe a couple that you care about but everything else around mania is what's exciting like mm. last year it was the the new japan ring of honor show um like nxt obviously it's a big thing now this year i think it's going to be like all these little shows and there is like a lot of really fun <laughs> weird stuff like uh there's there's another one that's happening saturday i think it's like saturday night it's the late one of the late night shows uh it's let me jump i'm looking it up on the page oh it's um it's wrestlevania have you seen that one
0: no no okay
2: it's it's uh, Warhorse and Danhausen, who are two of the m- more interesting bizarre gimmicks, kind of out there. And <laughs> um, I know the name right
1: Warhorse. Now. I'm trying to pin down where I heard it from.
2: He's I, I, I there's a company that he does a lot of work with, but I forget which off the top of my head. I don't recall who it is. But both of them are kind of him and Danhausen are kind of like if you if you follow indie wrestling. They're getting pretty big right now. Um, uh, I haven't seen a lot of either of their stuff, so I can't I can't vouch for how good or not they are. But they're popular, so that one it seems really interesting because they're going with a um they they formed a tag team called Warhausen, mm-hmm. and it's weird because both of their gimmicks are kind of like uh, I don't even know how to describe their gimmicks. I know Danhausen's <laughs> kind of like a Demonic type character, okay. but uh, more tongue in cheek. All right. And I think War Warhorse is almost like a like a 1980s uh, sword and sandal slash heavy metal <laughs> concept. It's it's <laughs> it's bizarre. I don't even know oh, how to describe it.
1: But oh my god, it's like the the Thunder Horse video. Yeah. Does That's he kinda- use that as music? Oh I don't God. know. I Maybe. Oh, I hope that's the case.
2: Oh, that would crack me up for days. And, of course, there's uh, spring break. Yeah, I'm I'm plopping down the 100 bucks or however much it is um, to get yeah. shows.
0: I, I told my cousin over the weekend, I'm just like, keep your mania weekend open because I'm probably getting the collective and you're probably going to want to come over and watch Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping stardom. I, I, I'm hoping stardom comes back because that's what I thought was cool last year was all those Japanese companies getting in on the weekend.
2: Mm-hmm. Hopefully, with this, it's it'll be a little more like it's self-contained because probably the problem with um, kind of both with with last year in New York and the year before that in New Orleans is that everything was kind of spread out so far. If you were trying to go see the the shows you had to go all over the place. It was it wasn't doable last year. I, I actually wound up not.
0: At least it. at least it'll be in Tampa Bay, and it'll probably be nice, mm-hmm. so you won't mind walking around a bit.
2: Yeah,
1: it won't be blisteringly hot. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, we say that like you like we expect you to still be going. <laughs> We're just so
2: used to you going to. Yeah, can't can't sing it this year.
0: I might uh-huh. I might go one year, but I don't think I'd go to Mania. I think I would do um, a lot of the sideshows. but I think they're actually at the point where they need to consider doing the WWE needs to consider doing the takeover on Friday and then doing Mania as a two night event to get all their crap in.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think the concern with doing that is just uh, is is lower gate between. Yeah,
0: but it, it worked for Wrestle Kingdom. And you've already got people it there? Did.
1: Uh, it, it did. It did. I'm not saying I agree with the rationale. But I'm think, just saying I think that's what we'd run into. Or what, I, what they're I think the problem sp- is is they're going to
0: start running into the problem of people like Matt going and being like, that sucked. Like, I don't want to sit there for eight hours and people are going to stop going
2: it's possible that's kind of the problem like uh, with wrestle kingdom like they new japan has way more better booking than the wwe like they can get away with doing a two-night event because you know both nights are going to have good stuff Mm -hmm.
0: but you could make it work this year though because you could do you could you could main event one night with whatever becky is gonna do And then you could do Night 2 with Brock and Drew. Like, it would actually work out really well, because you have two strong main events that you can do both cards. And then you can throw... I'd probably probably double headline um, Becky with The Fiend and Roman. And then I would throw some of the other stuff on with Brock. I'd probably put... Like, probably whatever Charlotte does, I'd put with Brock. And Mm -hmm. then whatever Bailey does with Brock.
1: I I get where you're coming from. And and I I think it's a good idea. Um,
0: And I think they'd come off better because the crowds just wouldn't be dead.
1: Ain't that the truth? Well, and and that also means that the show doesn't have to run as late on the second night or on Sunday night when it's I'm like oh god I've got to go to work can you please wrap this WrestleMania ain't worth me taking a day off work if I'm not oh. going to the to the actual event so could, you know it's like could 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 we just end it at like a human hour
0: please but I, <laughs> I feels like
1: such an old man for saying that
0: but, but I remember back in like that 2002 to 2004 Range, like, my primary way of seeing pay-per-views was going to a BW3 and watching it with my friends. Yeah. And you used to be able to do that with Mania, and you couldn't do that now.
1: Right, right. Um, I remember my wife and one of her friends and I going to a Hooters to watch, because I wanted to see the show. And my wife wanted to come with me, but she wanted to bring a friend with me because she wasn't interested in everything that was happening. So it was me, my my then girlfriend, now wife, and um and and her friend sitting in Hooters while I'm watching the show, and they're just kind of sitting there talking. But we were able to watch all of Mania, no problems, and and, and get through it and get out, you know, get out closing time, and it wasn't a big deal. But they've quit doing that.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if BW three does, but all the hooters are gone here.
1: They're they're still well, they they have been They've disappearing. Been college, so
0: yeah, they have. Like they <clears> seem like they're really successful, and then around the recession, it seems like they really they really um fell off.
1: Well, a lot of the casual dining places kind of fell off, so.
0: It's- Cause they've they were like three or four here, and they were all gone like within a couple years. And I I know um the last Max and Irma's just went out here.
2: See, I
1: don't even know what that is. That's, that's not a franchise it's, that we have it's here.
0: It's a it's a it's probably a more local one. But yeah, I mean,
2: what did what did you call Buffalo Wild Wings?
0: BW
2: three. BW 3s Oh, that's what you guys call it.
0: Yeah, that's what they what call, they it.
2: call it in their. Virtuals too it's called it's here around here like in this area it's called you say
0: b-dubs oh i'm gonna smack you also yeah i hate (laughs) when people call it that b-dubs it's yeah i i I, it was never my favorite place but once i lost all the weight i can't eat there anymore their food is just gross oh yeah
2: there's a place it's like
0: fresh out of the microwave woohoo (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I guarantee. I guarantee that's what they do.
1: Wait, I thought you said you, were, you weren't going to
2: Applebee's. I thought you were going somewhere else. There's actually a chain that it's, there's one within walking distance of uh, my apartment. That's like, it's like a 10 minute walk. A yard house. That's a chain. It's actually owned by the Darden Group, who are the same people who own uh, Olive Garden, Red Lobster. It's just, it's, but it's nice because it's basically like a, it has that Hooters uh dubs like neighborhood bar type of feel. Okay. And they have a much bigger like beer selection. And you can okay. get you can get big what they call yards of beer. It's like I don't know how much it is, it's at least like a liter of beer. It's a lot of beer. I okay. like beer. I'm I'm like certain Supreme Court justices, I like beer. <laughs> I like drinking beer.
0: <laughs> you know, so. um Hooters did lead to one of my Top 20 South Park episodes, welcome to raisins.
1: (laughs) That was a good episode. Uh, I got a big kick out of watching that episode because it's like, oh, here's how we do our subtle psychological manipulation. And that that just cracked me up.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good.
1: All right. So um, I guess we can talk about some wrestling, too.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um I'm not going to run through the whole takeover card, but the big two big things that happened, um oh, it was uh, when Worlds Collide, it wasn't technically. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, you're right. Takeover. It was when Worlds Collide. So that means yeah. that Keith Lee had had his big thing happen prior to this, I believe, right?
0: Yeah, he won the North American title mm-hmm. On Wednesday, I think. Okay. Can we That's kind of say, to like, what a botch this show was? Like, they they really overestimated how much people give a crap about NXT UK. It's
2: a shame because there's a lot of good workers there. And I, I, I didn't have a chance to watch this Worlds Collide show. But I'm sure that all the matches were at least decent to... Good or very good I
0: mean I, I I will say this that the wrestling is always good on NXt like I have no complaints with the wrestling it's um it's the presentation of the TV that bothers me because we're <clears throat> okay. talking about this in a chat, and I think my description of my problem with NXt is everyone is hey here's generic white guy with c a w hair long or short oh. who wants to be the best and is happy to be here that is every NXT character
1: yeah just about um, and if you
0: get if you get um if you get a little tired of that you occasionally run into uh, Keith Lee and Velveteen Dream excluded you also get generic black guy with c a w haircut short or long <laughs> who wants to be the best and is happy to be there
1: you know it's funny that was ac- way back in the day when when we first started, or in this guy's heyday, that was actually my complaint about Batista is that he seemed, it felt like he had to create a creator wrestler moveset. That's that's. Uh, it, it changed a little bit later on, but that was my thing. Was just like, hey, if I if I went and booted up one of my N64 games and went, you know, new guy, generic power set, then that's what he's gonna do.
0: Yeah, but. It's just like, so to me, that's kind of been my problem with NXT. It's like they need to, they really need a little more entertainment in their sports entertainment because what they're doing now just doesn't work for me. It's too dry.
2: I could see that. It's kinda kind of, I don't want to say soulless, but it's, it's almost like it, it's good matches, but I, I don't feel like it has much of an emotional connection.
0: I, the problem yeah. is though, like, you could you could go to some barn with 20 people there and probably see good wrestling. You need the you need the you need the story to make it pop now. Like it's not mm-hmm. because even like back in the Ring of Honor days, like in the in the mid 2000s, good wrestling was still kind of a novelty. It's not anymore. Like you. <laughs> I was going to
1: say, go into a barn to see good wrestling. It sounds like you were talking about my old shows.
0: But like you know what I mean? Like you could go to any local indie and I bet to you there's some guy that's going to put on put on like a memorable and good match. Like it's that's dime a dozen now. It's not, you know, you can't get by on just, "Oh, we have really good wrestling matches because that's a novelty." It's not anymore. Just turn on Raw, yeah. Impact, or AEW or even NXT. You're going to see a good match.
1: Or 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 Power or AEW Dark. I mean, it's the the
0: the baseline of what is acceptable on TV is miles ahead of what it was, even I'd say six yeah. years ago.
1: Yeah, the goalposts have moved, so we're in a we're in a different time with with what's expected and what's um you know in the product we're getting. Um, in the uh, the big thing, the big story that at least I came away with out of. Um, this uh the worlds collide was actually the the story of the undisputed era versus the imperium wherein uh and now I'm going to say this I'm going to lose his name um the which imperium member was it
0: was it wolf that got it was hurt? Wolf? yeah
1: it was wolf yeah got hurt and suddenly we had a was it two v three or three v four match? Three and four. Three v four. Okay. Yeah. Uh. You. Yeah. My. Apparently, my CT is really setting in tonight. Um. That going up against uh the undisputed era, turning them into underdog baby faces, which is hilarious to say. Underdog a, ba- a team of underdog baby faces that includes, and <clears throat> we have to say it right, Walter. So. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to go back and watch this just to see Walter laying it in on Adam Cole. <laughs> but I haven't gotten to watch it yet.
0: So so they handled that well. They did not seem to handle Mighty Molly getting injured in, her, in the Women's mm. Rumble very well. No. What is it about those women matches that they can't get it right?
1: You know, I wonder... And, and this is this is sheer speculation there's nothing to it it's it's just me pondering but I can't help but wonder if maybe they're putting the the less experienced guys out there to work in most of the women's matches so these aren't guys who are as sharp as being able to to, to notice and cut things off for people that need that kind of interference
0: I like was they, wondering. Cause it was—I—I I don't think she was out there with super experienced workers either, so that might have affected it.
1: I, yeah, it might have. Or um, you know,
0: you could just be Charlotte and you know be an asshole about it uh, when uh, someone gets concussed too. But yeah,
1: you know,
0: we won't go into that.
1: And uh, we'd need a whole show to go into that. Um, but it, also, um. We didn't. There were some people we didn't see, like in the Women's Rumble. We did not see Sasha Banks.
0: She was, Remember- from what I had heard, she was not <clears throat> medically cleared to wrestle.
1: Right. Um, the theory being that there is an injury that was keeping her out, but it's back and forth on what the injury was.
0: She's just not going to have a long career, is she? Because she seems like she's eternally...
1: I, you know, it, it, she's done so many, um, in my head, I call them rubber band spots, just spots that make me cringe at how she lands and arcs and stuff like that. And her doing a meteora to the floor, those things, I'm just like, oh, oh God, that hurts me to watch.
0: Well, it's her and Alexa. Like, I don't know why Alexa's still wrestling because what's she on like concussion for now? I mean, I know she's healthy currently, but like, didn't she have like that whole like three or four month period where she was like, she had the, the sit, like those concussion symptoms and everything. Like, why are they still letting yeah. her wrestle? Cause I, sw- I swear to God, she's on like at least her third concussion. She, she probably,
2: yeah, she yeah, probably is. She's been hurt I, I, several times over the last like two, three years. Well, look, the same, the problem with, um, the problem with, with both Sasha, I can't even talk, Sasha Banks (laughs) and Alexa is that they're not very large women. I mean, they're like five and a half feet tall, maybe. And they don't weigh that much. So if they're taking like crazy bumps or even not taking crazy bumps, they just, you know, they're in there with like Nia Jax, who's like twice their size. It's. (laughs) It can wear them down, and they're not—they're athletic, but I don't know. uh, I don't. I almost want to put it somewhat to training too, because you have people like, look at look at the Joshi workers. Like some of them start training when they're like twelve years old, something crazy, Mm, and then but they're still working until like they're forty years. Look at um. Uh, I don't know. A good example. Who's uh, who's in AEW right now? Oh, Rio? No, not Rio. The older worker. God, oh, I can't...
0: Oh, and... Um, I can't think of her last name. She's the one that's trained all of them.
2: Yeah. Like, she's, like, in her 40s, I think, and has been doing it 20-something years. And, yeah, they, they work a very competitive style, but they're still able to continue doing it. And...
0: They work a lot of multi-mans, though. Like, so in Japan, like, even in Joshi... You only work probably maybe a couple singles matches a month. So, I mean, while you work a hard style, you know, an 18-minute match with, you know, with five other people, it really limits your your wear and tear. Yeah,
2: yeah and that's that's smart. It really it is. It's also the refrain against the WWE that, that constantly comes up is that WWE guys get injured more often and their careers shortened because they they're working like an insane amount of dates per year yeah like, oh, like yeah. Two, over 200
0: And in Japan, a year too if you're doing like a house show like with a multi-man like you're kind of dogging it a bit you're not trying to you're not going all out and stuff you only go all out for the big matches whereas with WWE, you you gotta go all out you know five or six times a month
1: yeah that's um i remember foley's book mentioned he he said that uh great muda had red light uh, red light fever is that when the cameras were on he was he was all fired up but when the lights were off you know he's yeah half speed kind of thing it makes sense um, cuz you know the average american worker's career just ain't that long the number of singles matches that they do just all the time is that's rough, you know, p- putting yourself through that every, you know, every night, every night, every bump that happens is going through you, and uh, you know that wears you down, it wears you out, and you know there's no wonder that uh, that this happens. But from think- what you guys have been telling me, all these multi mans, that's great. Multi man matches are great. You get out there, you do stuff, you you pop the crowd, and then. It's like, all right, I've done, you know, I got my stuff in. Now I'm going to tag and let somebody else do it and hang out on the apron and crack jokes and that sort of stuff.
0: I also think the very homogenized WWE style makes a lot of that worse because instead of being even in like a a North American company where everyone's doing their own thing, that means every match you're getting hit with the exact same moves over and over and over again. Whereas if you go somewhere else, like, you know, hey, this guy might want to do like a striking match, so you guys just chop each other for ten minutes and you don't really like get dropped on your head much. You might bump, but you know, it's more strike based and um you know, less, less Just less general same, body impact. Yeah, same less repetitious, like same bumps over and over again. I
1: believe that's referred to in some uh some forays as repetitive stress injuries, but yeah, they, just just your description on how they use the the multi mans and stuff like that. I, I like that. That's, I think that's something else nice about tag wrestling is that you you know you get to share that a little bit and you're not taking the brunt of everything. But I've expressed that opinion before, so I'll hush about it.
0: So then we hit the Royal Rumble. I did not get to see it. I know we're going to just touch on it briefly, then get into the NWA show, but I know Shad watched it. What did you think of the show overall?
1: Yeah, Let me pull the card real
2: quick so I can talk about, um, I I can, uh, well, since you mentioned it, speaking of like, uh, people who are not advertised, like they, they're, uh, there was plenty of people in this match who were advertised for the men's Royal Rumble who weren't in it. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and they, they covered Sasha not being in the women's rumble by putting Kelly Kelly in that spot. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Let me see. I came in cause you know, I had family stuff that needed to happen. I did not see the Falls count anywhere. Um, I came in, uh, at fiend versus Daniel Bryan. And some people looked at that, and it was a... They're like, oh, oh we don't like this. They're not doing... It. But to me, I liked it because it seemed like a very... It was a strap match. It seemed like a very old-school kind of brutal, we're just going to I mean, beat the hell out of each other thing. So, no, you're not going to see a whole lot of scientific stuff or, or, like, cool athletic stuff. These guys are just going to wail on each other. And they did... And it was... I liked it. You know, it was refreshing. And there's this spot at the end where Brian thought he had the Fiend put away, and the, it's the Fiend, so he pops up, and Brian's standing there and looking at him, and he's just like, I'm gonna swear. And he takes, and he, he like wraps up the strap, and he just starts, like, the Fiend standing there in front of him just starts wailing right across his chest, right? Just wailing on him. And the Fiend's standing there going, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. It kind of gave me this old-school Taker vibe. And and the fiend finishes it with a mandible claw choke slam, and I'm just like, you know what? I I didn't. It made me a little bit uncomfortable because Brian did like the slow wobbly walkout at the end to kind of sell for it, because I get concerned about Daniel Bryan after all he's been through. But it did exactly what it was supposed to. The other problem is that the match right after it was Becky Lynch versus Asuka. It was sandwiched between fiend Daniel Bryan and the men's rumble. So the crowd was either exhausted or they were like running to the bathroom before the men's rumble or something. So Becky and Oscar and had a, had a good match. It's just the crowd didn't care for most of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that they brought the crowd around, you know, speaks a lot to their ability, but the crowd just, you know, and didn't care. They weren't into it. Um, which isn't fair, but that's—I mean—that's the way these show dynamics work. The fact that these these two are the ones that got put in the death spot sucks, but you know, that's that's what happened. I can complain about it, but I can't do anything about it. Um, the men's rumble is in this interesting place because the first thirteen entrants, you saw the same story over and over again. Brock was the first one out there and everybody else comes out and Brock just runs all over him with one, one exception Kofi was out there and um, Ray was out there. So you have Kofi and Ray that have beef with Brock and Biggie comes out. And so Kofi and Biggie and Ray, you know, go at Brock and, Kofi ducks under the the lariat and does the trouble in paradise and Biggie does the big ending and grapes rock Brock over the rope for Ray to hit the the 619 and so you know you got this nice spot it's like hey these guys are going to come together and do it and then Brock just like pops up and he's like you all get out of here and throws them all out immediately Mm -hmm. and then Keith Lee
2: comes out and Brock makes the I, new mean face. Yeah, I saw I saw like uh, clips of this, and it was, the best thing was was as soon <laughs> as, soon as Keith Lee comes out, they like pan to Brock and he gets this big smile on his fa- face, and he's like, you could see him say, "Oh, big boy," and yeah, he's like, he's in the "Ocean,"
1: <laughs> and Lee gets up in there and squares up. Yeah, he's bigger than Brock, and that was cool.
2: I, that was cool, but again, like they don't really do anything with it. Like, no. I mean, obviously, I know that the goal they were trying to, to have Drew McIntyre go over, but literally, you have, you have Keith Lee in there, and you're pushing him as like a big guy, and he, but of all the guys that are currently still in like NXT, I think Keith Lee has the most potential to be a big thing, but he, you could have had him like go toe to toe, and then maybe like be there close to the end too and get some eliminations himself but no like he gets essentially fed to brock again
0: well
1: not in in their defense it only lasted like three minutes well but it's not that wasn't it's it's because keith lee did something stupid it's not because brock just beat him because braun comes out immediately after and braun and lee beat up on brock and then they get in each other's face and they start hitting on hitting each other, and then so they're distracted with each other, and they go by the ropes, and Brock pushes them out because they're not paying any attention to him. Okay, that's that's dumb, but it's not that Brock dominated Keith Lee. So well, no, yeah, he didn't dominate him, but no, yeah, it, it was still dumb.
0: I did enjoy. I, I didn't. The only thing I saw this was a little gif of Brock. Ju- using um biggie as a springboard to take out kofi
1: yeah Mm. um well you you should at least go find the the gif of brock going "Ooh, big boy because that's (laughs) that is just the expression's funny when lee comes out then we hit number was brock
0: happy that he was getting to fight a big guy
1: Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't being scared, but he's just like, ooh.
0: Was he as happy as that time he had his sombrero in the mariachi band?
1: (laughs) Almost. Almost, yeah. Um, Then we hit, I think it's 14, and that's when Ricochet comes out, and Ricochet and Brock have beef, and Ricochet is able to maneuver around Brock a little bit long enough for the the buzzer to hit, and the next person comes out, and Ricochet... Brock is flat in Ricochet, and he's in the corner, but the next person's coming out, so Brock goes to pay attention. Drew McIntyre coming out, and so he's not looking, and Ricochet kicks Brock in the balls, and McIntyre gives Brock a Claymore kick, and out Brock goes.
0: Now, I heard, so the, I heard from people that reviewed this that Brock laid on the outside for like five minutes selling this.
1: He was on the outside for a long time. He wasn't laying on the floor, but in a lot of cases, he's like, hunched over
2: the, uh, the announce table. It or... was, uh, it was questionable whether he was selling it or whether he was just incredibly gassed. Um, potato, potato.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But remember he does go like for guys he respects, like, remember they said, like when he had that match with AJ that he sold the, like he was selling the hell. Yeah, of that, that's, that true. that's true. That calf slicer.
1: And, um, what he did with Balor. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, t- that's fair. But, um, so, so Drew McIntyre became the biggest baby face in WWE for a little while eliminating Brock because I guess I know I, they're building up to get to this point, but that first part of the match was just boring because it just the same thing happening over and over again. And I'm just uh, Oh, oh god why am i doing this again and then Brock gets eliminated and i'm like okay let's see what happens now because it's hopefully going to be something different
0: so we're like halfway through the rumble at this point right yes halfish way
1: yeah and um so they start having like the rest of the rumble but to to be fair we don't have a whole lot of just dead spot of people laying around just being like, oh, we're just kind of like, we're here and we're laying around. We're here and we're laying, you know, that sort of. You don't have much. You don't have a dead spot in the middle of it.
0: It felt like looking at the list of who entered. It felt like they didn't have as many filler guys in there as they have in like some previous years. Mm-hmm. It felt yeah. like the name power was a little stronger than it's been some years. Well,
1: ago. the the. the... The, the filler got knocked out in the first 13 or so. Um, I was annoyed that we didn't get to see, like, a cool Kofi save spot. Or we didn't get to see John Morrison do some cool... But, you know, whatever. We get into the rest of the match, and... Um, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to remember, because I made this joke at one point. I made the... the Drew McIntyre becomes the biggest babyface in WWE joke three times. I can't remember what the second one was.
0: Brian Alvarez and his buddies made a good point on their podcast that theoretically, by the rules, you should be Uh allowed to jump around on one foot on the outside of the ring. And as long as your other foot, you don't change feet or your other foot ever touches, you should still be legal in the Rumble until you can get on the stairs.
2: True. <laughs> that's getting cute, but that's actually I, I like that cuz you would be technically technically that's true. They yeah. did that
0: they did that on It's Ch- tactic. Te- they did that t- in Shakara on t- once. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um I don't remember who did it, but he was jumping around on the outside of the ring until <clears> someone like attacked him and made his other foot touch.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. they do emphasize quite a bit like every year that both feet have to touch the floor. Yeah. yeah. So if just one foot touches and the other foot doesn't touch, then yes, technically, you wouldn't be eliminated. And Brad, we all know that technically correct
0: is the best, is the best, kind, best kind of correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: So um,
1: we get a we get our big return. Incidentally, the uh, this route. Okay, so they're they're okay. I think it was number twenty-one. They hit the buzzer. And then you hear the line. you hear you think you know
2: me, and the crowd goes <clears throat> ape shit. i this is just me. I personally would probably have probably gone with like, uh, <laughs> on this day. Yeah. I would have gone I would have gone with like the other theme, but it still popped the crowd huge.
1: I think it would have been fine
2: either way, and
1: because right after the in, in in the Jim Johnson version of the song. There's this gap in the between you think you know me and the on this day where there's like some drum stuff. I think.
0: Yeah, that was and, still there from what I saw because I did watch this clip. Yeah, I forgot.
1: And, you know, here comes Edge walking out, and he is just mystified at this reaction. <laughs> you know, no, I think I can, he was. I, I
0: think he was. He looked like he was a little choked up because I think. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's he a was doing term. something that he had re... I think he had resigned himself to never, never walking through that curtain to do this again. And he was getting to do yeah. it, but what Yeah, shocked, you're,
1: you're right. That's a better way of putting it. What shocked um, me
0: though, is all these people that, I mean, like it was a good surprise, but there were people that, like, I would have never expected that. And I swear to God, like this was like, this was out there that this is probably what they were going to do, because I know he's been cleared since like, he's been cleared for a while, like September or October, I think.
1: There were people in the crowd crying in tears of joy.
2: Um,
0: And then so, if if he's cleared,
2: uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if he's cleared, it's like there's no he. I guess he just did sign a a new deal, but it's like there's no reason why he can't come back and work an extremely limited schedule, like just doing like mania, mania. I would guess some of these Saudi Arabia shows just like spots here and there if he could I wrestle think, like uh, I, a I, handful I, of times it would be fine
0: yeah I kind of I kind of worry about him doing full-time I like I told them like it's the same thing that Daniel Bryan's like I was kind of hoping like better sense would prevail because I just because the doctors say you can do it I doesn't mean that you necessarily should that I mean you should yeah, yeah right it, that's kind well, of my thing with it. Like, I'm not, I, you know, it's cool that he came back and everything, but, like, in the back of my head, it's just like, dude, like, your your neck is, like, in a precarious, like, you're held together by duct tape and, like, some maybe chicken wire.
2: It depends. I mean, I have a lot of experience with medical records. I would, he had spinal stenosis, which, for those who don't know, that's when you have narrowing in the spinal cord and that's that is very dangerous because the more stenosis you have the more likely you could have well many different musculoskeletal and neurological issues but it you could also in theory break your neck if you have some sort of trauma which obviously it's if you're in a wrestling ring it's easy to get is an accidents, accidents could happen you could Yeah, take a bump wrong and then potentially cripple himself. But I don't know how bad it was, and how much there has been improvement with surgery because he's got he's had a couple surgeries. He might be he might be fine. I mean, I think he, from what it looks like, he certainly looked in better shape and he was in Mm -hmm. better condition than, for example, like Kurt Angle, who yeah was still working shows at least like a year ago. Um, I mean,
0: Kurt Angle, but the the difference with him and Angle is. When you look at Angle, like, and this has been for a long time, like, you can see with Angle, you can see, like, the atrophy in parts of his yeah. arms and stuff from, like, the neck injuries. Like, it's it's bad when you watch Angle. And the, the atrophy's been there for a long time. <clears throat>
2: like, yeah, he has muscle wasting. Yeah,
0: yeah. but, like, I, I, I would say, like, in general, like, <clears throat> I would be less worried about Edge than, like, someone like Daniel Bryan where... You know, they cleared him, but, like, in the back of my head, I've always wondered, like, you know, I kind of think there was some medical quackery going on. And, like, dude, it's your fucking brain. Like, maybe you should uh, <laughs> think better of it.
1: The, um, well, yeah, Edge, they, he's had a bunch of stuff done, like we said, and hopefully it'll be, you know, he's in good shape. The, I think Alvarez said that it's a three-year deal where he's a special attraction. Instead of, like, a regular schedule. Yeah.
2: Don't hold I me would, to it, but... I would highly doubt that he's going to be, like, regular full-time. I imagine he's going to do, like, just a few shows a year.
0: You could probably sneak a belt run with him somewhere, though, in there. If you really want. to. Oh, you probably to.
2: could. Yeah. You probably could, because, I mean, you have, you have the, like, the belt on Brock forever, and he does periodic shows. They've yeah. established it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. You could
2: have a guy show up every, like, two, three months, defending yeah. the title um the so but
1: my, so edge comes out he does the whole thing and that's nice and it's funny just edge eliminates randy he pitches him out and said and Ed, randy looks all shocked because randy was like squaring up to eliminate edge and edge is like i'm not an idiot i was doing this long before you <laughs> <laughs> and we get down to the end and Wait, no, no, you're um, missing
0: the best part shad get your impression ready Wait, which one? The Bucky Beaver one.
1: <laughs> oh, so first, oh, oh, god! You're right. So
0: first time doing like a spear in like a WWF ring in a really long time, and they missed it.
1: We we've got to make sure we get Randy Orton's on the card all the time. We've got we've got to get we got to make sure we get him out. What did we just miss? I, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, yeah, uh, they cut from Edge. Landing, uh, Dolph Ziggler calls him out in an interview or on Twitter or both. And it's like, oh, yeah, Edge's first spear in the ring in, you know, more than a decade. I'm sure glad we got that reaction shot instead. So, yeah, at this point, I, 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 to be slightly fair, and I'm holding up my fingers very clip my finger and my thumb very closely together. I don't think Dunn's calling those shots directly, but... He's still the one that's dictating this style but,
0: but why would you so why would you cut away the like even yeah. even if he didn't do a spear why are you gonna cut away the second the guy's getting in the ring because you know something's gonna happen well it wasn't the second
1: he got in the ring but he, it was pretty he quick. just hit the ropes it's edge doing his return he just hit the ropes what do we think's gonna happen he's gonna spear somebody and he does but we get a reaction shot instead. I, I think, um, I
0: think Kevin Dunn should take the heat for that because Kevin Dunn needs to be in someone's ear saying, don't you take the camera off of him?
1: Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This has been successful for us for like 15 years now.
0: Cause that's, that's where it falls on him because you can, yeah. it, it might not be his fault directly, but that's when you need, like if you're in charge, you need to step in and say, if, if you take this shot off of him for the next 30 seconds, you are fired. Like that's, that is what someone that's in charge needs to do. Yeah. Like you don't like the NFL, you don't cut to a crowd shot when the ball's about to be thrown.
1: Or it's in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, just to kind of wrap this up a little bit, we get to the end. Seth, Seth, you know, we've got uh, Owens out there. We've got Joe out there. Seth comes out with his crew. And they go out and they start, you know, start wailing on people. And, like, Joe and Owens get eliminated and they just jump on them. And Alistair Black's out there and he jumps in to join the fight. Which, incidentally, that's pretty cool and could be potentially the kind of start of a, of a push for him. I'd be down with that. Um. Uh, so all that's left, there's four people in the ring, and Seth Rollins in the middle. So is is Drew Roman, um, Edge, and someone else I can't remember. And and <laughs> Seth looks around and he's like, oh, uh, 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 and because everyone's squaring up on him. And he goes over to Roman. He's like, no, we're brothers. And he's like holding out his fist towards him. No, we're brothers. You're with me, right? You're with me. And Roman like steps up and looks at him and just pops him in the face. <laughs> That's what it was. Everyone's wailing on him. Drew pitches him out. And Wow, like, oh, Drew's the biggest baby face in WWE. Again, briefly. And then we get to the end and it's down to Drew and Roman. And Drew wins. And again, Drew's the biggest baby face in the WWE.
0: I have to say, I did see the elimination things. I... I know you guys kind of disagree with me, but I thought it was a bad idea to have Roman eliminate Edge. <sighs>
1: I, I, I don't I'll, think
0: it's like a, a career killer, but that's a good way to erode like the goodwill he's built up. In a, yeah, and it's I like, I'll it's I'll prob- would have gone with era. someone
1: else.
2: Well, Yeah, uh, that's, that's sure. a good way of putting it. They should have really just had it be Orton, because the rumor is that it's going to be Edge Orton for Mania, so... That would well, Edge pitched Orton out, though, so... Oh, well, that's true. Um, well, then I then don't Orton would come I've... back and, like, cause him to be eliminated. Yeah,
1: that, that would that's
2: make sense. That's never been done before. Yeah, right.
1: Um, yeah, I, that would make sense, but that's not what we got, so... Um, you know, we get, we get to the end of it, and um, we have... You know, Drew McIntyre is going to challenge Brock at Mania. And I'm I'm thrilled because this means that we're going to have something different, right? Something really different for the first time in a while. And they're kind of acting like Drew's been kind of getting this soft push as a face where, you know, he's snarking at people and he seems more relaxed. I've seen clips of it and. He seems more relaxed, and 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 you know he's out there, you know, is making sarcastic remarks and stuff, and it's like, wow, this is like way, this is like the the best I've ever seen Drew McIntyre on a microphone. I don't,
0: I don't so. mean to crap on it, but I don't know when when I saw that, I was just kind of like, but they didn't really, um, they didn't really build it very well.
1: No, but it, Credit where it's due, at least they were like, Hey, Drew's kind of starting to get some folks behind him. We should go with this.
0: Yeah, they're they really know, bad at Vince that.
1: Is, Vince has wanted to make Drew a thing for a while and they've they've set on things and not pulled the trigger and not struck when the iron's hot and to mix metaphors like really badly. But and so the fact that they're doing it, you know what? I'm just I'm happy that it's happening. And I'm I'm going to appreciate that, at least for the time being, you know? And
0: yeah, you're right, though. At least it's something. At least they went with someone different.
1: Yeah. So, I'm going to take that. From what I saw of the Rumble, I, well, you know, it was it was all right. It was, um, you know, this is damning with faint praise, but it was better than I thought I was going to see.
0: I don't know. I just struggle with WWE because I just find their products so uninteresting. Nah, well, I
1: mean, you know, you've been kind of on a, on a burnout train for on WWE for a while, and, and I get it.
0: And like, I, I, it really hurts though, like when they have Charlotte like win the women's because you're just like, ugh.
1: Well, I'm sure by the time we get around to Mania, we'll we'll actually talk about contemporary WWE product again. But um, uh, so so we'll we'll dig in on that then. <laughs> Because that's about as often as we get back to it anymore.
0: Yeah. So then, kicking off the, um, kicking off our, our weekend of wrestling was NWA Hard Times. So we did. We've we've surprisingly, I never would have thought this six months ago, but I'd say Matt and I have kind of become NWA marks to a degree.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm it. it I I love AEW, but I at this point I. I almost feel like I look forward more to NWA than AEW, and that's not a slight against AEW. It's just that NWA does a lot of things I feel right, even if they don't necessarily have the best in ring product. I think they're just really, really good with advancing their storylines and with the characters.
0: It's like for me, like NWA is like back in the day, like when I was super into a comic book and that new issue was going to hit that week, that's like what the NWA Mm. feels like to me.
1: Yeah, I think they benefit from not having as big a roster. Like AEW's got really good people on the roster, but it just for just having a, two, a one, 2 hour show on on TV right now, it feels like there's there's just too much going on uh, for them to be able to get everybody on the show, and that's yeah. I mean, uh, I guess that's a good problem to have, but still, it's like that's a that's a lot that we're missing out on. Mm-hmm. So it, I think that um the NWA is is benefiting a lot from this, you know, smaller roster of guys or if it's not necessarily smaller, it it is a smaller roster, but they they move things around on that roster well too.
0: And I think it's set up kind of like old NXT where um guys can come through do a couple shows and then move on and it's not a big deal.
1: Mhm. Oh, we saw that on this show. We saw that very thing.
0: Yeah, cuz it <clears> looks <throat> like Colts is gone already.
1: Is he? Uh he got I think he got signed by AEW. <laughs> yeah, I thought
2: that was, I don't know if that was a, a rumor or actual fact. Uh, he was on this show, yeah, but Yeah, that's the scuttlebutt I heard.
0: I didn't see his name pop up on the tapings after this.
2: I haven't I actually haven't looked at the spoilers for the tapings
0: so what um, now so we 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 do the whole TV title tournament on this show and one of the things I thought was really clever was the 605 time limit to the to the matches up to the final Uh, I like this because it made the tournament move
2: I can understand the concept and I can understand doing it because you're having so many matches on the show well it was a Ultimately, a ten-match show, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I would have liked some more time for some of these matchups. Hey, Brad. Yeah. You forgot. We we should have played the the theme song.
0: Did they do it just- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> this really weird country song? Or is it like Americana? How, what would you describe this by?
0: I have no idea.
2: <laughs> and it's not—it's not Smashing Pumpkins. It's—it's it's by William Patrick Corgan. Really? <laughs> and I really? I'm literally—I'm literally pulling that up from uh, from iTunes. So it's—he's—he's it, <laughs> he's marketing this as William Patrick Corgan. Wow. You know what, though, I'm not going to hate on Billy Corgan because he's actually putting out a a. Fairly good, product. phenomenal. Yeah. You're yeah, doing a good job. Yeah, and I don't care. Like you, you can say like, "Oh, well, it's Dave Lagana booking it," but if if Billy Corgan's
0: no, but the, see this is so this is I'm gonna go comic bookish here. The this yeah. people that say it's Dave Lagana are equivalent to the people mm-hmm. saying Stan Lee wasn't a big part of early Marvel. Like you, yeah. can, Dave Lagana can be doing things, but it's Billy Corgan's vision that overrides that. Right. Because There's
2: too much old school stuff that it's like, it has to be that Billy Corgan was just a huge mark for like old NWA, yeah. like, like Jim Crockett promotions. But, and but it, the aesthetics, again, it,
0: like the aesthetics have to yeah. be Billy Corgan. Cause, cause some of the attention to like the aesthetic details are Corgan.
2: If you had told me like 25 years ago, when I was enjoying like smashing pumpkins, it's like 25 <laughs> years from now, Billy Corgan is going to be like inv- heavily involved in a wrestling promotion and it's going to be really good. I would have been like, What the hell are you talking about? Like, that's insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, because, but here we are. Because where I was worried about this when it started is, you know, and he, I think he and Tony Khan are kind of similar in my mind, where everyone thinks, Oh, money, Mark. And then you realize, oh, wait, they were fans and they kind of learned the right lessons. Like he's mm-hmm. obviously a mark it, for old school wrestling, but he he understands how to make it work in a modern context. It, and he's willing to like, he's willing to compromise where he needs to, to make it work. That term
2: should not be applied to either, um, either Tony Khan or to Billy Corgan because they're both putting out products which at this point seem to be actually successful like oh, I don't right. know what
0: AW's, I don't know what the I think AEW is making money already oh no that
2: the new that's part of like the big news I just just happened like the last couple weeks but they yeah they have a new TV deal
0: 45 million a year.
2: yeah which uh, I, I I don't think that that TNT is funding production anymore so they will have to pay for that but they're still going to be profitable like beginning this year Mm-hmm. And they have they have a TV contract through 2023, I believe. So they're they're set for like the next four years, with the option of TNT renewing for another year, which would be at a substantially higher price. Uh, and after that, of course, I guess like AEW could, in theory, negotiate with other TV company like networks, things like that.
0: Yeah, but they beyond
2: have- that, beyond that, they're getting more. They're, yeah, they're getting more time. They're getting like an, another what? Two hours of I think programming. Hour. They're getting another show, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they're already profitable, and I don't know what the profit margin is for NWA or if it has a lot. But I mean, it, I
0: it's it's dicey I, there I because they, so it's it's changed. Like at first, they said their model wasn't sustainable, but then they've they said it's a little more sustainable than they think. I think if the pay per views are doing well, that their model is sustainable. I think. I think they're doing what they can to keep the costs at a minimum.
1: Oh, clearly. I was going to say this it, the interesting thing about watching this for me is it I'm going to say this and this I, I need to and then I'm going to need to go back and clarify. It does look cheap but not bad cheap. No, not see, like stingy it, cheap. It looks kind of it it's like they're doing a lot with a little. So inexpensive, but I, I I'm not I'm not saying, you know, they're they're cutting corners. They're just being smart about how they're using their stuff.
0: I mean, it's a TV studio, so I think I think um you can only do so much, but I think they make it look pretty good. And I think some of that cheap aesthetic that you're talking about, though, is intentional to get that old, yeah, old timey feel. Yeah, it gives
1: you the old school feel. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I say it's not bad. It's oh, and, and, and it works.
0: And, um, we're getting Sean Mooney at the next well, with this next set of TV tapings. Really, yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but, um. I wouldn't mind someone replacing Joe Galley, but we'll, we'll we'll just skip that.
2: I don't mind Joe Galley, actually.
0: He's he's okay and I like he and I think he does better with Stu Bennett than he did with Cornette, but Stu plays ball and Cornette just kinda wanted to like you know say Cornette his crap. was kinda
1: marking yeah. out over being able to work in, in Corn- NBA again. And, and
0: Cornette kinda wants to get his crap out there, whereas Stu Bennett like Stu Bennett, like, wants to build a rapport where Cornette, I don't think, really did that. Because, mm. you know, Stu Bennett kind of playfully, you know, playfully jabs at Galley Like, you know, when um, ODB was trying to get him to drink alcohol and he's like, I think she likes you. Yeah. You
1: know,
0: stuff like that.
1: Well, Bennett Bennett also gets his own stuff in in, in a tongue-in-cheek separate thing. And his, well, I'm going to... Uh, Announce some news. Maybe I should make oh, that I've a catchphrase. I've got some breaking
2: news. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: <know.
2: laughs> I think I can make that a gimmick. Like, <laughs> I just I enjoy. Like Steve I think Stu Bennett has been a good uh, replacement for Cornet. I think
0: he's been a superior replacement because he really brings um, he really brings his own personality and gives it a different flavor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But we had. Um uh we were talking about the sustainability how about we go ahead and go into the card a li- well yeah. we were talking about the, the tournament i liked it too and the fact that matt i get where you're coming from about the um you know about wanting to see some of these matches go a little longer but on the other hand by not doing them so much they can tease for those matches and then come back to them later yeah so I'm, the, I'm okay with
0: that. I also think the shorter matches really made Allison K and Thunder Rosa stand out because that match went so long.
2: Mm-hmm. It was I the longest match on the card.
0: I think yeah, it's the longest match true. they've done since they've been since they've been doing this show. Probably. So we start off with um, Trevor Murdoch versus the question mark. I'm just going to say it here: Trevor Murdoch might have my favorite wrestling theme in wrestling right now.
2: He has a good. It's just. It's a good. It's really
1: it's a good, good theme. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. It's one of those things. It's not complicated, but it kind of captures the essence.
0: It's of some, Trevor Murdoch. It's some theme that you would think you would hear at some honky tonk bar when a bunch of cowboys start like getting in a bar yeah. fight at one yep. a.m. Yeah. You know, some dingy, like smoke filled bar with like guys in cowboy hats playing pool. That's kind of what I picture it as. It fits him perfectly.
1: Yes, it does. The um, And this will come up later, but I, I'm I'm totally on the Trevor Murdoch train now. Before, I liked the guy, but now I'm a Trevor. What did you say the name of the um, the announcer that's working with men it is again?
0: Joe Galley, I Gally. think.
1: Joe Galley earned my freaking ire in this first match. This uncultured... Swine? Infant. Infant here, because the question mark uncultured, comes out. No, okay,
0: and, I got it. He's an uncultured American pig dog.
1: Well, I need to have, I need to have, and something about him being too young, um, because the question mark. He didn't. He had his gear on for this match. He comes back out later with Aaron Stevens, and he has the yellow tracksuit with the black stripes. He's like, oh, I wonder if the question mark's a Tarantino fan. I was just like, you
0: little. Oh, shit!
1: That is not a Tarantino reference! That's Bruce Lee in The Game of Death. The reason that The Bride wore that in the Kill Bill movies is because it was a Bruce Lee reference! This is a karate thing! It's Bruce Lee!
0: You little...
1: <clears throat> Sorry. Just wanted to go ahead and get that out now. So, Trevor Murdoch versus the question mark.
0: So this is... I'd seen these like complaints online, and I think I kind of agreed with that, is... People are enjoying the question mark, but they kind of had a problem with him going over like legitimate talent on the roster, which I think was a valid complaint. And I think Mm -hmm. he kind of got treated to what his gimmick should be here, which is pretty much Trevor. They did some moves. He got some stuff in. He hurt Trevor Murdoch and then Trevor Murdoch went over. Well, Um,
1: the other nice thing they did is they didn't just kill him because Trevor Murdoch bulldogs him and the question mark gets up from it. So Murdoch has to do it again to put him away, which is, I mean, that's not a big push, but that's really a good way of of keeping Question Mark looking good. And they haven't overused it, so, you know, good on them.
0: So then up next, we've got um, Zicky Dice versus Dan Maff. And um, I have to say... Some of the people they were associating with Ring of Honor, I don't actually think have wrestled with Ring of Honor for a really long time. I know Dan Maff does, but I don't know when... Yeah, Dan Maff just came back. I don't know when Matt Cross has been involved with Ring of Honor lately.
2: Yeah, I don't think he has. He's Obviously, he's on the indie scene. He was probably... They're not going to mention it, but he was more recently associated with Lucha Underground. Yeah. Uh, Oh, he was...
0: um, Oh, what was his name? Son of Anarchy? Because he was magic. no son of havoc. Oh, son of havoc! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, close I, enough
1: to not get the uh, copyright infringement. Yes,
2: I um, I was I messaged both of you guys. I I don't know if I if I love or hate Ziggy Dice yet. Uh, <laughs> although I'm I'm kind of trending towards liking him. He's
0: he's very seventies like gimmick.
2: Oh, yeah, he's he's so totally old school, Um, but I kind of I'm kind of feeling it. I think he's a really bizarre, uh, just over the top heel and he comes off as just like a dirt bag, which is exactly what it's going for. Yeah. Have you seen seen pictures of him before? No, because he's I guess he's wrestled on the indie scene for a little bit. I think he wrestles
0: for bar wrestling.
2: Maybe he looks completely different. Like, he used to be a lot heavier and completely different, like, hairstyle and hair color and look. He totally changed his appearance and, and for the better, actually, he looks in much better shape and looks more imposing.
0: Yeah. He kind of reminds me of, um, I know not manager version, but he reminds me of a lot of like luscious Johnny V.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Cause it was driving. He drives me nuts. Cause I'm always like, he reminds me of someone, but I don't know who it is. And I think this time it finally clicked. I think that's that's who he reminds me of. But it's a very old, like '70s tough guy gimmick. Okay. So I was kind of shocked at this one. I thought he was going to win, and Dan Math actually won.
2: Yeah, there was a there's a lot of commentary from people who watched the show online. They actually thought that Sicky Dice would go a lot further. Uh, but I I can kind of see this. They they obviously are trying to work out a connection with Ring of Honor. Uh, so they I could see where, where Dan Mapp advanced a bit.
0: And I also think it was good because one of the things I liked about this show is most of the matches like the the result was in question to me. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like a pay per view. are like, oh, I know ninety percent of who's gonna win because they have to win. This was yeah. like, oh, well, there's legitimately four guys I think could win the title.
2: Well, as I said on the the other uh, other podcast I did with Garrett, I actually thought that they were gonna put the title on uh, on Mama Storm's little boy. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I thought that they would just because I think that they clearly are still pushing tim storm in. and i think there is a story still to be told there between him and aldis but they had other plans in mind which we'll get into i kind of thought
0: right? i in in my mind i thought it was going to be ricky starks just because he seems like he has so one of the things i like about the nwa is they've been very responsive to the guys that have gotten some buzz Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's why I thought Ricky Starks was gonna win because he seems like he has a lot of star potential and I think this is a good place for him to be. Yeah. Cause you don't have he to high- w- worry about him going too high up the card, you can put a belt on him, give him like a focus, and mm-hmm. he can be a mid like a mid card act with purpose
2: he is but he's to me he's like this classic example that if this is obviously a smaller promotion they're trying to 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 make this a little bit more contained but he's a guy that if if this was like a long-term booking that a couple years down the road he'd be over enough and popular enough and experienced enough that you could easily put like the title on him and give him like a good run yeah yeah like he's that type of guy and i think i'm sure like this how old is he? I think he's still very young.
0: He's been around longer than you would think, I think. Let me mm-hmm. look. So let's well I look that up. Our next match is actually Ricky Starks and Matt Cross.
1: Well, mm-hmm. before we do this real quick, it's I, I wanted to put in one more thing is that in hindsight, Dan Math winning makes so much sense for a story that they're building we'll come back to later. Okay. Go ahead, Brad.
0: Uh, he's been, Ricky Sorry. Stark's been around since 2012
1: so you know I, I totally buy that with the polish that he's got I absolutely buy that
0: doesn't say his age um, okay so he defeats Matt Cross to in our next uh, first round matchup I actually like this match quite a bit because it they really let Matt Cross kind of show what he could do and then Ricky Starks won
1: Yeah, it it let Cross get some shine in.
0: So then up next, we have Tim Storm. He comes out. He pretty much um, I want his shirt, by the way. I want a Mama Storm shirt. Yeah. Or the pin. Did I send you guys the pin, the Mama Storm pin?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
0: So he comes up. They pretty much explain that Ken Anderson. I don't know what the problem is but they said he's not medically cleared to wrestle and so I guess he kind of had a choice of wrestling someone else or taking the first round by and he decided to take the first round by so then good promo is always from him
1: it was interesting because he decided to take the first round by but he cut a baby face promo doing it that's, that's tricky to do Storm is Storm is is I think probably the best pure baby face
2: they have.
0: I think he's one of the best in like the business right now. He is just so good.
2: His uh yeah, his his mic work is phenomenal. Yeah. And I thought he well, we'll get to the match he had with Ricky stars. I think he can still go in the ring even though he's in his mid fifties.
0: Yeah. He's really like, I I keep saying, I wish AEW would sign him and give him a run because I think his story would play out really well there.
2: Yeah. Uh, He's a guy who, unfortunately, it seems like his, when he was really, when he debuted, it was literally just after WCW folded. Yeah. Because he's a guy who you absolutely, if, if he had... He's, if WCW had continued, he would have had like a good
0: run there. Oh yeah, because the problem is, is like he's just too southern for WWE to ever give a crap about.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a very classic southern style to him, mm-hmm. and you know what? It's it's like a it's like a comfy pair of shoes. You wouldn't think it until you put them on, but it, that that just feels nice.
0: I think why he's so good though is he's just him. Like I think that's just who he is. Like he's the school teacher that's like, that got far, f- he got f- he got further than he ever expected in like this this industry. Oh, okay. and he's humbled by it, and that's that's kind of like what I think. Like that's kind of what his character is, and I think that's who he is.
1: Right. I'm going to go looking his stuff up now, too. but
0: So then, um, yeah I don't remember where this was, but so they announced the Crockett Cup and that they are not going to be doing it in the, the was it, the GDB? No, GPB Studios. So they're going to be doing the Crockett Cup in April, which I'm excited about, and mm-hmm. that one is going to be somewhere else. My secret hope is that they do it at Center Stage.
1: Mm. I'm looking forward to see what they do. Cause I feel like you can have a lot of fun with this.
0: Yep. So then up next we have the rock and roll express defending the NWA world tag team titles against the wild cards and Eli Drake and James storm. Yeah. Um, gosh, this was fun. And, this was Do we, do we, the 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 girl that um Royce Isaacs came out with was I really appreciated <laughs> just like the the level of skank she put in.
2: Nay <laughs> Valentine.
0: Yeah, like she really um she really skanked that out. Do
2: episode.
0: we do we have any info on her? No. She's
2: gotta be like an indie worker.
0: But like v- like I was watching them together, I'm like, that is perfect. That is the exact kind of woman that Royce Isaacs would think is like the pinnacle of beauty. Mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly who we would have go out to the ring with him. Yeah. Let's see. Uh one thing in this match that kind of bugged me is that this match was done as a triangle tag, not just a a three corners tag match. And um it, it so like the opening of the match you had uh, let me see let me let me make sure I get this right I think you had you had Drake and Ricky Morton and I think it was Isaac's all in the ring together and there's like a minute or two when it's it's just Drake and Isaac's doing stuff together and Ricky Morton standing off to the side and I'm like I really, I don't, I don't like that because now it's like, well, what, what, where are you, why is Ricky just standing there? Why isn't he involved? Why isn't he doing something? But the, as the match went on, it was very good. Like, you know, you've got your down, your, uh, your, your down spots where you're going for tags and stuff like that, that were done They weren't they weren't iceberg tags where everyone's just you know slowly 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 crawling to their corner. It's like they go down away from their corners. Or at one point, James Storm gets his bell rung, so he's stumbling to the wrong corner looking for a tag. You know stuff like that. And 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 I really like that. I, I get so tired of the iceberg tags. Um, Sorry I, I kind of went off for a minute there
0: I think this was the right result to this match I I might have put it back on the wild cards But I think that the Ricky Morton Robert Gibson run was fun But I think it was time for that to kind of come to a close
2: I agree yeah. I, th- I thought that they would put it back on the wild cards Because clearly they're going to be doing stuff with, with strictly business and by the way, I kind of want one of those track jackets, but <laughs> um, I, I'm happy with this result. I agree; like it was fun having the the rock and roll, have the titles for a, a little bit, but they obviously were not a long term.
1: Yeah, it was so, a fun yeah, nostalgia so. run. Yeah, but it was a nostalgia run that didn't last too long. So that's nice.
0: Yeah, and I, like I said, I was a little surprised. I thought it was going to go back on the wild card, so I was kind of surprised when eli drake and um james storm one
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: but that i also find that interesting because because like i said with a lot of the stuff now i'm like okay like where are they gonna go with this
1: yeah uh curious what happens next
0: so up next is is um the women's title match allison k versus thunder rosa this was uh, probably my match of the night And probably I think the best match they've done In the promotion
2: It was a, It actually was a phenomenal match
0: Yeah, it, it, This is This was actually even for Kay but th- I think this was like one of those Star making performances for Thunder Rosa
2: mm-hmm. Oh yeah she's clearly been Getting a lot of hype and I think she Is kind of the breakout star of just of the entire Promotion
0: yeah mm-hmm. and this was her Finally like backing mm-hmm. it up in the ring
2: yeah.
0: Wow what a I, I, what a war this was. Yeah. This
2: was this was basically a war of attrition, and it, at times, I know that I know that Thunder Rosa in real life has some at least some minimal like mixed martial arts experience. She
0: did a match in November, I think.
2: Yeah, they they've actually they chronicled some of this yeah. uh, on NWA Power, but to me it almost felt at times like. No, I I don't want to say mixed martial arts, but almost like you were watching like a worked shoot type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if you ever saw any like rings uh, from Japan, like way back in the or UWF, yeah, something like that. We're not not quite like it's it's they're doing a worked mixed martial arts type of match, but what I mean it's like it had the feel that this was more than just like. Uh, I, here's we're having a wrestling match. Look, I'm gonna do a DDT as a transition, and then this person's gonna do uh, run into the ropes, and and it's like none of that. It's like they they look like they were in a war, like they were beating the shit out of each other. They were working over body parts. They were mm-hmm. just trying to wear each other down.
0: I also yeah. thought that... the well, like, and what really made this great is I had no idea who was gonna win.
2: No, I had no idea. Thought that they would put the title on Rosa because I. Uh, she's obviously in in a a stable with Melina and Marty Bell, but I think that the direction they're maybe going to go is to have Melina get jealous uh, of Mm -hmm. Thunder Rosa, because I think that's where they kind of go with this, but uh, I guess it wasn't for sure that they would put the title on her. I felt like they would. Though.
0: I thought that they would, but there were moments of the match where they were they they set it up perfectly, where Kay could have like stolen the win and it wouldn't have hurt Rosa. That's where, like, the doubt started to come in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the, the my spot of the match though is so Thunder Rosa comes off the apron with like a flipping centon and Kay catches her and power bombs her right into the apron.
2: Yeah. Um, oh yeah. That was a great spot,
0: but i I love this match this this match was just fantastic.
2: it was a phenomenal match it was it was very good yeah,
0: and um, I like that they gave it extra time like I think it went about eighteen minutes and like some change, which it really made it stand out versus a lot of the other matches because it it got some of that length to it, and I think that's where. Would you go to like some other shows, like all the matches going longer kind of um, kind of would take away from a match like this. But, you know, when it starts going longer, you're just like, oh, my gosh, like their matches don't go this long. It could go. It could really end at any moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good job. I thought this is great. I, I would I would love to see a rematch like they they obviously put a ton of work into this. Yeah, and um,
2: this is this is by far the best match I've seen Allison K in.
0: Oh, this is the first time I ever thought she was worth a crap in the ring. Like honestly, I do not
2: think she. <laughs> I never thought she was bad. No, uh, but this is
0: this is the first time I ever like saw her perform and been like, wow, she's actually really good.
2: Yeah, phenomenal match. Like even even if people don't want to buy this pay per view, which I I, I actually. I had this discussion with, with Garrett on the other podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I actually feel like their their pay-per-view price point is pretty good. Like 15 to $20, depending upon if you get a pre-order discount. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair for the content you're getting.
0: Yeah, I think uh, so too.
2: And I think that they were smart to kind of push the next one out until April. Uh
0: Doing like monthly, they can't do monthly. Yeah, doing one
2: every month was probably a little bit, but every two to three months, I think, is fine.
0: You know, actually, though, you and Garrett were talking about that, and I did have a slight disagreement, because really, when you think about it, this, um, the Into the Fire was like the first weekend in December, and this was the last weekend in January. So days wise, it was actually closer to being two months apart than it was. That's fair. Yeah. I mean yeah. I mean it was like in consecutive months, but they you know, one was at the beginning of one month and one was at the end of the other month. But that's that's really I'm arguing semantics there.
2: Yeah. But for anyone who does want to pay the full pay per view, like if they could at least just try and, and scope out this match, I think that's yeah absolutely well worth it.
0: So then up next Marty Skrull came out. Um I don't think he's wrestled a match in the NWA yet no so this uh, i i you're gonna have to forgive me for this one but i um i watched this on friday live and i haven't had a chance to go back to it but this this segment was essentially that the flip gordon nick aldis match wasn't for the title and he kind of just goaded aldis into putting the belt on the line
2: yeah i like the promo i actually thought it was pretty good i think it did its job yeah it did because they, again they're they're about telling the story and the story that they're trying to tell is that Skrull is clearly getting under Aldous's skin and this was kind of more in line of that just he he basically bullied Aldous goaded him like you said into putting the title on the line it's like little simple things like that that I, I think NWD actually spends a lot of attention to detail and it actually comes off really well it's 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 just good storytelling. I feel like a lot of that's lost. Certainly, the WWE. It's like little subtleties like that. Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 advancing mm-hmm. the storyline increment by increment. And here, this was just a a promo in in the pay per view, but it it added something to the match with between Aldis and Gordon, and it again advanced the whole squirrel Aldis storyline where squirrel again has like he basically is getting to aldous to the point where aldous who's always calm and collected is now like okay fine i'll put the title on the line Mm -hmm.
0: and it helped justify why this was on the card where like i think when it got announced a lot of us were like what like why is that on the card
2: Yeah, yeah i mean i thought they were i thought they would do aldous and squirrel yeah but obviously they're 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 building to that. I assume that that'll probably be a match at Crockett Cup.
0: Yeah, I, I did see in the TV tapings, I think Brody King pops up for a match. Mm-hmm. So,
2: oh, look, I, I mean, Skrull obviously got the Ring of Honor booking gig. But I think it, for Ring of Honor, like this, this whole NWA uh, connection could not have come at a better time.
0: Well, you guys... It's um, really sad that that the NWA probably has more hype than Ring of Honor now.
2: Yeah. Oh, from what I understand, uh, two weekends, like like a week and a half, it's not this upcoming weekend, it's the following weekend, I think, is when they're doing the free Enterprise show, which is a free Ring of Honor show in Baltimore. And I don't think that's even... We'll we'll say sold out. It's free. It's not you know selling tickets. But from my understanding, yeah. like people, they have they haven't even been able to give away all the free tickets for that show. Wow, it's a free show. you can't mm.
0: even you can't even fill a stadium with free tickets.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's I, like Baltimore's
0: I, like a Baltimore's like a stronghold city for them.
2: And well, because Ring of Honor is based out of Baltimore. I I would have gone, but I might be going out of town, but. Yeah. I have a
1: I have a quick question, and this is just because I'm I can't remember right now. But in the Crockett Cup, were your your tag partners assigned to you, or were they like
0: no, they guys forming teams? Were, they were pre-generated teams because a big part of that was like the seating, like a legitimate mm-hmm. tournament, and you know, okay, like guys from other promotions would show up and stuff, and the seating was a big deal. But it was like. It was like a dream tag team tournament. Okay, yeah. so
1: I, I'm confusing it with the Lethal Lottery then.
0: Yeah. Okay, yes.
1: so I was having this moment where I was like, what if they got this draw where it put Skrull and, and Aldous on the same team for the Crockett Cup? And And then I was like, wait, I better check, because I'm fair certain I'm remembering something wrong.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the Mulkeys I think, won their first match in the Crockett Cup.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When multimania was running wild.
1: Okay. Okay. I needed to. I needed to. To, to check on that then. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So then we a... we're off to the semifinals. So up next is Trevor Murdoch versus Dan Math. Um, they're kind of selling the fact that Murdoch was. Hey, Brad. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's a good hockey talk, like, theme.
0: Yeah. So was it, um... So what what did Murdoch hurt first? Was it his arm or his ribs?
1: His ribs came off of the spear that Maff hit him with.
0: Okay, so it was his arm first that, um... Yeah. The question mark hurt. Now, the one cool thing about high def, I don't think you could see it in this match, but you could see, um... You could see when he gets to the final the bruising on his chest from this match. Yeah, and it was a cool visual.
1: So. And it's just the fact that Murdoch had to work his way up the roughneck side of the the uh, the bracket. I like I said this 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 night put me full in the Trevor Murdoch camp.
0: So this was a great. I thought this was this was like a really good like Haas fight, and. I thought Murdoch mm-hmm. was gonna win, but they did enough to make it look like Dan Math was gonna get him.
2: Yeah. By the end of this show, I'm I'm very much on the the Murdoch bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy because he, I was looking it up. I, I like looked up Wikipedia because obviously before NWA Power, he had kind of disappeared for a while. Mm-hmm. and he retired for a while he was
0: like he yeah. was he was like laying fiber optic cable
2: yeah and he is so good in both nwa power and on this show i yeah. i was just telling both of these guys earlier today after watching this pay-per-view if they were to do if if i were to be booking like a like a four horsemen type of stable i would absolutely have murdoch in that stable because he plays The kind of rough, tough, grizzled veteran so well, and he he put on great matches on this show to the point where it's like he's good. He's just a good worker. I I Mm -hmm. would need
0: him and his tux to have the sleeves cut off (laughs) and have a bow tie with flannel like as the undershirt, and possibly have like the the camo hat as well. Yeah. No, this was this... for as much as this made Ricky Starks like uh, he was. He was outstanding on this show. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm. They both did such a good job. Oddly, I'm, I'm. I'm more of a uh, more of a Murdoch fan than I am a Stark fan. But in what they were doing, it made like they made both of them. Um. You know, they, they built both of them. You know, Stark won, he he he's the one that's got that that title now, but Murdoch looked so tough that he was still going.
0: And and what's what was a really nice touch and Matt will appreciate this, is um them being in the final as a callback because they, they essentially in week two made their debut against each other and Stark beat him. And Stark gives his first promo and like Murdoch came up to him and he says like it you know, Good job, like tonight was your night, kid, and like kind of fist bumped him and walked off.
2: I'm so glad you you mentioned that because I was going to bring it up. Like the that's what I'm saying. The why I'm so impressed by NWA power and how they are just so good at advancing storylines. That was way back in the second episode that was air that aired in like mid October. So this was a callback for like three three months prior. Yep, you're giving, yeah, You're giving, it's like a lot, a, 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 from a continuity perspective, it's absolutely consistent and and just like brilliant, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that nowadays in the WWE, like they forget shit that happened like two weeks prior. They yeah. They might as well have not existed.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like um, what, mm-hmm. late two thousand mid 2000s WCW where they forgot stuff that happened earlier in the show. And it's just frustrating because it's like, you know, if... if Who was that writer that got laughed out for storyboarding stuff? Oh,
0: I don't remember his name. He died a... Oh, Chris Kresky. Cressy. Kresky? Okay. No, yeah. Something so, like that? Yeah. He died, like... He died five or six years ago.
1: But the fact that you have... Um, no,
0: he got laughed at because he want, they wanted to do something, and he said, that doesn't make sense, and he, like hold out his like he had some like storyboard and said this does not make sense because this this and this
1: yeah and, and, and never mind that the, that's exactly who you want if I was running a wrestling company I'd have a douchey Nick pick on my staff for that very reason be like tell me what I'm doing you know tell us if we're going to be doing something wrong like this so we can fix it but we don't get that.
0: We can't have nice things.
1: Uh, they don't they don't want to have to put the, the other thing I've heard is that um the uh there any time they bring a new writer on who's worked on another show, that writer will ask for the show bible, like the reference guide for everything and they're like, you yeah, know, yeah, what are you talking about? We don't have those. Yeah, I've heard it's that. It's like Yeah, it's like wow. You don't even have a reference to give to your own guys whenever you hide. This is.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yikes. So then uh, after this, we get to Tim Storm versus Ricky Starks. And another another touch I really liked on this show is I loved that Ricky Stark came out in different gear for every match.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it was a nice touch.
0: Even though he came out in his leopard skin panties for this one.
2: <laughs> That's really what they look like.
0: I mean, it's not as bad as um, Aaron Stevens in his uh, nude trunks. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. The, the best thing that they've done is pair him with question marks because then he just comes out in the karate gi. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Karate. Karate.
0: Now, we were watching some show and my wife is like, they, they didn't mention it, like, because they, they would mention it. and My wife's like, is he wearing nude, like, trunks? I'm like, yes. Yes, he is. With purple. <laughs> uh, so this is, this was actually, this was, I think, actually what it needed to be. Like, Storm, you know, gets his stuff in. Ricky Starks gets the win. You know, the, it's the nice, like. This was the nice, like up and comer beating the established veteran, kind of trope of a match.
1: Yeah, um, and and it's gonna give I the way they book stuff. I'm sure it's gonna give a um, they're they're gonna build it into a redemption arc uh, for Storm down the line.
0: I hope so. I would really like to see Tim Storm get the world title. That's kind of like that's kind of like my my biggest want of watching all this stuff is I really want Storm to get like to get to climb that mountain one last time.
1: He's been the champ before, right?
0: Yes, way yeah. back. Um when Billy Corgan first bought this, like their first like showcase match was uh, Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis, where Aldis beat him. Okay. So pretty much, pretty much the title history since Corgan's owned it is when he bought all of that stuff. Tim Storm had the belt from the previous like ownership. then Nick Aldis won it, then Cody won it for like a month, and then Aldis won it back, which brings us to today.
1: Okay. All right. I still respect them doing that quick switch for Cody. Just. You know, for for yeah, it the was sentimentality of it. Yeah. So uh, let me see. What was our next match?
0: Um, I, I have to look. I think it's the world title match. No, it was Aaron Stevens or Scott uh, Steiner.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Aaron Stevens with the question mark.
0: Yes. Scott Steiner just got old real quick. He
2: got old. And, and slow this was yeah first off this this match was not uh, when they announced this it's there was no first off I don't know why Scott Steiner was challenging for the title I guess they just
0: they, they kind of they, talked about during the match they feel like um, they feel like Nick Aldis and his group pulled some strings to get him favorable treatment for this match
2: yeah they, I logically I, I mean obviously the real answer is probably just like he's a name so they just they they're paying him to do a spot but yeah, I, I thought that this match would actually be like just a comedy match, and that they they didn't really do that. No, no, they didn't. So this was kind of this is all this is really like the worst match in the show. Yeah, this was not it good. Didn't,
1: it, it didn't was, really
2: need to be on there, other than it's just it's uh, they are getting a lot of mileage out of Aaron Stevens and the question mark and their shenanigans.
1: Yeah. It was it was Stevens bumping off of Skyner, Steiner. Yeah, it
0: was short, and they kind of. Yeah i mean i i'm interested to see w- how the question mark's gonna handle aaron stevens just leaving him out to dry after you know he saved him from the oh. oh
2: yeah they they clearly the question mark is so over he's he's essentially turning phase yeah by default uh gentlemen uh please be quiet all rise <laughs> it, I swear to God, it's the best game I can wrestle. It's so. Like a poss- stu- up,
0: it's so stupid. It, it's a pass
2: up between this and Orange Steve- in Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was trying to. After after we talked about doing that show, I was trying to tell my wife about it because we were driving somewhere and I started laughing to myself and she goes, what is it? I said, I'm not sure I can get it all out, but it boils down to a dude in a mask singing the national anthem to his fictional country that's basically all just grunts. And she goes, what is wrong with you?
2: no one if you're not a wrestling fan no one would understand i would no one would understand why this is funny
0: i would i would literally <laughs> if they had it i would i would i would spend 25 dollars to put a mongrovian flag up in my room and i want like a legit sized one
2: i i mentioned this on the garrett podcast i really will be very disappointed if a wrestlemania weekend with thousands of wrestling fans in Tampa, Florida. I'll be very disappointed if there aren't people cosplaying as the question mark. The it question. needs to happen.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, oh
2: God, I don't have a singlet that would work for it. Damn. I'm trying to get uh Christie Petrillo to do a, a, a toy of <laughs> the question. Mark. He's, he's not biting so far.
0: a grip. I want,
1: I want the national anthem. I want the national anthem as a ringtone. How's that? Yeah.
0: I, I need I need a I need a question mark figure with a kung fu grip.
1: It's not kung fu. Look,
0: it's, karate. it's it comes with standardized toy features, so it has to be kung fu grip. That's what <laughs> that's my one of my favorite Simpsons lines is when uh, they do the Malibu Stacy episode, and like the creator she's talking to the creator and like this GI Joe guy comes. It's like, please like release me from your Kung Fu grip.
1: Oh man. So, uh, this, yeah, this match was weird. It existed by the way. Yeah. That's exactly what Matt said on the, uh, uh, on the other podcast was like, well, this, this is going to take place.
0: You know, it's not a bad idea though. This was a good this is a good go get a snack, take a break and then you can come back for like the two main events.
1: Well, it doesn't hurt anybody either cuz Stevens is obviously doing this comical kind of loser gimmick thing. And if you're going to have Steiner have Steiner beat up on someone, this is a good choice to do it. It's just you know, you're kind of like ah Uh, you know after all of the good short matches we've been seeing it's kind of like I was kind of used to something else going on here you know
0: yeah
1: so I get I you know I get it but still um,
0: so up next is our world title match of Nick Aldis defending the belt against Flip Gordon So Shad, is this your first um, exposure to Flip Gordon? It is. What'd you think of him?
1: I, he's obviously talented. Um, he he seems to be pretty capable. It's. I was spending a lot of this trying to suss out because when I when I sat down to watch this, um, and I'm gonna be real honest. It there's two things at play. Is my feed got real choppy. So I'm trying to, like, move my cursor along so that I can keep the match going, but I, so and so it'll load, like, so you don't get this part where it gets stuck in this loop on this one spot. So it'd get kind of, like, chopped along for me. And then the other thing is, I don't know, I was really tired when I was watching this, so I, I guess I spaced out at some point. In order to get all of it watched before we, we recorded, I was hopping over most of the promos. Um, and I kind of hopped over the the promo that was the lead up to this. So I was sitting there going, "I know he's wearing Villain Enterprises stuff, but that doesn't look like Marty Skrull." For you know, for about the the first two three minutes of the match, <laughs> I was trying to put it together, and I was like, "Oh, oh, 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 okay." And then I got it, and I'm like, "Okay, now now I know what's up." But um, it yeah it it. It took me a minute
0: it's fine so i thought this was i thought this was a pretty good match i don't think it was good as Allison and k and thunder rosa but i thought this was a really entertaining match i thought it was a very good like the champion gets in some trouble challenger kind of gets him up on the ropes and he finds a way to to get the win
1: yeah they, we had a, um, we had a really good uh, dynamic going here then um, and, and yeah uh, all this sneaks it away at there gets it away at the end but uh, you're right that was a basic story and that's something else I like that the NWA does is there's their they're stories I don't want to call them basic but the the stories in their matches are uncomplicated. And real easy to pick up on. And that, that at least to me, makes them more engaging.
0: I think their basic philosophy with a lot of this stuff, and I think the WWE really needs to go to this, is that I think they go by the phrase of keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Because where, where I think the WWE really screws themselves, like with a lot of their pay-per-views and stuff, is they... they they think it through to the point where they give a result that no one is happy with.
1: Yeah, or the yeah the way they do their result is yeah I'm with you.
2: Yeah,
0: what I thought was also cool is how disappointed Flip Gordon was when um he lost.
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was believable. It's logically consistent. He was upset. Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, that one guy, like, in the front row tried to, like, fist bump him or high five him at the end. And, like, Gordon wouldn't even, like, look at him. Because mm-hmm. he was just, like, so upset that he lost. I thought that was a really cool little touch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, like I like this it. match. I'm hope- This was a good match. Yeah. I'm hoping they use Flip more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So then on to the end, uh, Dave Marquez is doing our announcing for this one. He announces that there is no time limit for the main event. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it is time for Trevor Murdoch and Ricky Starks to fight in the final for the TV title. Uh, Trevor Murdoch is obviously banged up really bad. And that's one of the things I liked about this is you could tell. Murdoch knew he only had so much in him because he goes for like the he goes for blood like really quick in this. Mm hmm. Like this is pretty much this this match is pretty much Trevor Murdoch throwing bombs to try and end it as quickly as possible because that's he doesn't have much left.
1: Yeah. Or to 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 use a tabletop reference real quick, you're shopping for crits because that's the only way you're going to get it. Yeah. And that's that's engaging, right? Like, again, it's not uh, it's not super complicated, and it's engaging.
0: And this is the beauty of having high def in wrestling now, is you can see like the bruising that Trevor Murdoch had from like the the chops Math was laying on him, which really like mm-hmm. accentuates the damage that he's gone through as this tournament has progressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also liked, I also liked when, when Murdoch came out and it was a small touch, but I like how the crowd looks at him and he just does the little, like one, like above his head as he comes out, Mm -hmm. just saying, you know, God, you know, one more.
1: Yeah. Well, he you know, he comes out holding his side a little bit and he's still selling it. He's just the, the, the interesting thing that I can put my uh that I can put my finger on is that Trevor Murdoch, even though you may not just from looking at him, you may not realize it at first, but he's just got the psychology down so well. Oh yeah. And I just I appreciate that so much.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's funny because when they signed him, like he was kind of an afterthought on that first set of tapings.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: then he's really just caught on. Like, I think, I think people just, I think people remembered him, but then like he was doing some cool stuff. Cause you know, he's still light on his feet. And I think yeah. that's where they've been really smart is there between tapings. You can see, it's almost like they read feedback and respond to it.
2: Yeah, when they, when they first started having him on the tapings, I thought that the role they would have for him is basically just as a utility guy. Like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna put over guys like Ricky Starks, and that's uh-huh. that's exactly what he's gonna do. And but I think you're right. I think they realized he kind of did catch on, partly because he's still he's actually really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's actually he's actually better than I gave him credit for. Not that I, I disliked him, but he didn't didn't really do a lot with him. In WWE, and then he did some stuff with TNA, but I, I feel like he's really being utilized now, and it, I'm a little shocked at how how good he actually is.
1: Well, I mean, the only thing we really got to see him do in WWE was tag stuff. Yeah, and that's okay. I like tag stuff, and then also I got a huge kick out of uh, whenever he and and Cade went on a little bit of a skid, and what he started doing at the end of the match was grabbing the mic and quoting old country songs. Mm. <laughs> I don't even know why that amused me so much, but I, I just got a huge kick out of that. But, you know, we now he's being able to show his single stuff, and it's like, wow, this is, I'm really digging this.
0: He's just got so much personality, too.
1: Yeah. Without even having to do a whole lot.
0: So I thought this was a good final. Um, like I said, I, I think Ricky Stark winning was probably the right call for this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still wanted Murdoch to win, but well, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, that was the show. Um, I let's uh, let's start with Matt. Like, what did you think of this show, Matt?
2: I. I liked uh, into the fire more as an overall show, but I did enjoy the show quite a bit. And I, this is a show that it's going to, I'm going to continue watching the NWA pay-per-views. Like they, I think now have a loyal customer in me because the quality has still consistently been there. And the storylines are, are to me captivating and the work, at least on the pay-per-views, when they actually give them a little more time, is good. And the characterization—I'm just a fan. I'm—I've I'm, become a big fan of the NWA, so they're going to get more of my money. Like, I thought this was successful, and the the Allison Kate Thunder Rosa match, if nothing else, was worth the price of the show itself.
0: So, Shad, what did what did you think?
2: This
1: show was absolutely worth the time of watching um i absolutely you know there's just so much to enjoy um it's i'm i'm at this crossroads where i'm not sure if i would go with this or into the fire as being better but i liked them both and i would recommend them both
0: so i would say for me this is an easy thumbs up i'm kind of with matt this is I think I've kind of gone on a case-by-case basis with the NWA so far. So, End of the Fire was good enough to justify buying this. And um, Mm -hmm. this one was good enough that I'll buy the Crockett Cup. Like, I think I bought both of these on the pre-order, like, pretty quickly into them being available. Um, Now, as far as this show, I I actually preferred this one to End of the Fire. Because I felt like this this show felt more like a pay-per-view than End of the Fire did. Whereas I enjoyed End of the Fire, it felt more like they just extended out an episode of Power. Whereas this one, it felt like the matches took a definite step up in quality. I felt the work was generally a little better. And like I said, I, I think I don't think End of the Fire had anything on it as good as Kay or Rosa or Aldis and Gordon. So... um, <laughs> So they had that, and I felt like the tournament worked really well. Like I remember you and Garrett talking about how guys kind of lose overness if they come out multiple times, mm-hmm. and I felt like they mitigated that pretty well with the shorter matches. Because I still felt like, I still felt like people were excited to see Murdoch and Starks, even for the third entrance. Yeah. So I, I felt like this like I said, I like this a little more than Into the Fire. I will definitely be getting Crockett Cup. I would recommend this to anyone as far as check out Kay and Rosa like Matt said. And just in general, like it's a fun show. It's it's not too long. I think it was like two point five hours maybe. Maybe three.
1: Yes, yes, two and a half.
0: Yeah. So it's it's a short watch, but I think you'll I think you'll enjoy what you watch. But yeah, that's my that's my takeaway on it. Mm -hmm. so uh next on next week's show we're going to be doing two episodes of world wrestling council um that is the plan right now if something happens and we can't watch them we'll we'll audible (laughs) it out a week but within the next two weeks we are going to do world wrestling council we have the episodes picked out um epico actually is on both episodes funny enough but um yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so we we'll, we're gonna do that. we're gonna we're gonna dive into that. I did notice that they don't really have graphics on the show, so we we might depending on how that goes, we might struggle with some names
1: yeah, so,
0: um, yeah um, hopefully, I can figure that out for us though, so we can have names.
1: okay, that sounds good. You can usually do well it, okay. er-
0: if you can hear the ring announcer, you can usually figure out names, but. They don't really. They didn't really have a lot of production, so I'm a little concerned about that. Right.
1: Well, everybody, hey, this has been our our, our retrospective for the uh, the weekend, the wrestling weekend that was uh, January twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. Primarily NWA Into the Fire. Let us know what you think. Did uh, do you agree with us? Do you think that we're way off base? Um, Where you know. Or, or do you just want to? If you just want to, like, write into us and and gush on about a particular match, that's cool too. Um, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on any of our social media platforms. And like we said, we'll be we'll be moving on to um, doing the WWC soon. So we're looking forward to that. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time.